This copyrighted podcast of the James Perspective has been paid for and funded by James M. Wilkerson. Any rebroadcast, reproduction, or other use of this podcast are a permutation and combination of words and sentences used in this podcast without the express written consent of James M. Wilkerson and the James Perspective is strictly prohibited. Tell me, do you know what day it is, Evie? Um, November the 4th. Not anymore. Remember, remember the 5th of November, the gunpowder, treason, and plot. I know of no reason why the gunpowder treason should ever be forgot. Good morning, guys, again. Good morning. Good morning. I don't have as much pep in my step now, but yes, good morning. <laughs> we are, we've all said good morning to you out there in the podcast land. Glenn's here, too. You didn't hear him. We've got the entire crew and a working computer now. Yay. Mm-hmm. And you're, we, need, we, need to, we need to get us a professional person watching over this because I did not see it. It was not recording at first, but we had us a practice. <laughs> And so we're all falling asleep except Charlotte. And why are you not falling asleep, Charlotte? Because I have got a cup of delicious PJ's coffee. This is PJ's coffee from in Houghton. That's where you got it from? Uh, Yes. And it is delicious French roast coffee. I like the flavored coffees. Okay. But quite frankly, I love the coffee taste. And their French roast coffee is absolutely delicious. And I prefer mine with just a little touch of cream. But... It's got and a full, robust flavor, like- and it's out of a wonderful stoneware PJ's coffee cup. I'm guessing that thing costs 40 or 50 bucks. A, pr- a premium mug. It looks it's very fancy. It has like 3D elements to it. Yes, yes, it does. It's amazing. And my wife has just been sitting here listening to Sarah podcast for all this time that just disappeared. And she didn't complain because she had her coffee. I had my coffee. coffee. I was I was loving life right now. <laughs> and that gave that gave Dwayne, who's on his way to Lafayette, time to get past these speed traps. Mm-hmm. So, yep. anyway, <laughs> we're gonna introduce this again. The topic today we're doing it on Saturday for various reasons, but uh, we our family has always followed the uh, well. We've celebrated for a long, long time now. Guy Fawkes Day, which is November 5th. Everybody knows the little ditty. November, remember, remember the 5th of November, the gunpowder treason plot. I know no reason the gunpowder treason should ever be, be forgot. That's the, that's the, everybody says that in England. Apparently, they teach that to their children. But it's about what, what we, we came up with it. We, I'd never heard of it. To be quite frank, I've read English history and, and I guess I just, Blew Past, over that. Blew over that blew one. Blew over the gunpowder <laughs> plot. We didn't learn. So you're English not going to read the whole thing. No, no, it goes a long way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would that would be that would be tedious. <laughs> so <laughs> maybe at the end, maybe dramatic reading. It's not that long. <laughs> are you are you telling me you would like to read the rest of it? I would. Please, the full thing. Guy Fox. Guy Fox. Twas his intent to blow up the king in Parliament. Three score barrels of powder below, poor England to overthrow. By God's providence, he was catched with a dark lantern and burning match. Holler, boys, holler, boys, let the bells ring. Holler, boys, holler, boys, God save the king. 
Okay. There it is. There it is. I <laughs> there just, you know what? I stand corrected. See, that was a very good thing. And actually, that, I actually like hearing the full version too, because whenever you hear the, like the half version, it sounds like, yeah, we can't forget that because that was like, it, almost like a good sounding thing. Like, yeah, right. don't forget the gunpowder treason because. Yeah. yeah. England is celebrating catch me. Yes. All right. So, so, um, there, there's a lot to this and, and I, you know, I'm, in some ways I'm glad we had to start over because I wanted to say this. Um, this is going to be one area of history that there's going to be probably three different views from Wilkerson's here. And um, and especially when we get into the part where Henry VIII is relevant. Um, I come from a definite Protestant side of it. Sarah's going to come from a definite Catholic. And I think Sarah's Charlotte's probably probably James the first going to be somewhere in between, <laughs> but, but uh, it's going to be a fun, I think it's going to be a very fun conversation because it is going to span all the way from the the beginning of the 16th century through the, through the beginning of the 17th century. And, um, you know, from, and I would say this, that is from the reigns of Henry the eighth through James the first. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's a whole lot of history a lot more goes into this story than the movie lets on. The movie lets on that that England- for Vendetta. We we, we v- talked about that the first time. But we didn't talk about V for Vendetta this time. So- I'll let you summarize V for Vendetta. I don't think I did a good job. <laughs> um, yeah, no, V for Vendetta. It's uh, it's actually one of my favorite. Like I would say, one of my top five favorite movies. But it's basically, um, if you watch that movie, you would think that Guy Fox is a hero. Um, like Cena is a hero in England. Um, so it's about a, uh, a tyrannical government, um, and a guy who is, um, a single person who's fighting against it. So, um, he basically starts an entire uprising, um, and yeah, I guess that's- Wearing guy fault masks. Yes, yes. Based off of the whole gunpowder plot. Right. Um. He, he was a victim, a very, very horrible victim of this tyrannical government mm-hmm. in the way that they attain power. And he is getting his vengeance and he really wants to free the people. He really does have the freedom of, he wants the freedom of the people. It's a really good movie. Again, I I have to say this, don't expect it to be a tyrannical left-wing government like we have now. It was a tyrannical right-wing government, but it doesn't affect whatsoever the message message of the movie. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, like I guess like it was interesting going over this plot and learning more about the history of it based off of like after seeing that movie because it really was it painted a completely different picture from what I was expecting um like from that message but um yeah definitely watch it okay now now let's go through the skeleton or what is the what what is if I guess the best way I'm gonna say it is I want the skeleton I want to show what happened kind of from beginning to end and okay. then we got to fill it in with a whole lot of other Okay, yeah. So, like, I'll just, I'll try to summarize it quicker this time. So, um, again, it starts off with Henry VIII, but these people, they were part of the plot. They were um, alive during the time of Elizabeth, uh, especially, like, later part of her rule. Um, so, this is around the late 1500s, early 1600s. Um, Elizabeth was very harsh against Catholics. Uh, if you're a Catholic priest, you would be like in inside of England, you could be imprisoned and uh, killed. And then if you um, weren't participating in Protestantism, like if you were actually uh, practicing your Catholic faith, then you were fined heavily um, for 
uh, I guess, for being Catholic. And so only the wealthy families could really uh, continue actively participating in their Catholic faith. Um, so these people, uh, they, they're, they're devout Catholics, the one that were involved, involved in this plot. They decided to wait out um, Elizabeth dying instead of taking action while she was still alive. Um, because James, uh, is either a cousin, nephew, something like that was going to take over from there. Um, they thought that he was going to be more lenient towards Catholicism because his wife was Catholic. He was baptized Catholic as an infant. Um, and he had also made indications to, um, one of the plotters before all of this happened that, uh, before he actually became king, that he was going to be lenient on Catholics. Um, James takes over, he starts being lenient, but then decides that, um, because the Protestants are getting pissed off at him, he decides to actually be harsher with Catholics that, um, that really takes off the, um, guys who ultimately get involved in this plot. And, um, let's see, it was, uh, I think May in 1604, that they start um, figuring out how they're going to uh, get rid of James. Um, so it starts off with a guy named Robert Catesby. Uh, everybody knows the gunpowder plot because of Guy Fawkes, but it's really Catesby who hatched everything and like thought about everything. Um, so he got him and a few of his buddies. Uh, they're all um, in their 30s to 40s. Young, like they're uh, very intelligent. Um, like it's weird, but everything I read about these guys, a lot of the articles talked about how they were handsome, which I thought was funny. They were handsome, competent. Um, the re I think the reason they stressed that is this wasn't a bunch of idiots. Like idiots. Yeah, these just, were legitimate people you would have met at, at Super One today. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They're they're um. Well, no, not Super One. At that, <sighs> what about that? What about that place? Yeah, yeah, no, that is a lot. I was like, Super One, that's a weird place. Like, I see a lot of people in Super One. And yeah, I, great. I see the gray hairs there. Yeah, that was yeah. a really bad one. I, was, like, <laughs> I like being, I'm not good at metaphors. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, but they were like, I mean, seriously, they were uh, some like really. I know what it is. Honorable. They would be sitting in the south end zone at the tech football game. Okay, that's, yeah, that's it. Now you understand. Um, anyway, so it's Robert Catesby, Thomas Winter, John Wright, Thomas Percy, and Guy Fawkes. Um, those are the guys who are initially involved. Um, Guy Fawkes was brought in because he had military experience and specifically knew um, how to blow things up. May and I stop you there? What's up? Did he ever know how to blow things up? He was very good at that. Some would say he was, uh, he would, he would do overkill. Yes. If you were trying to blow up something, that's the guy. Yes. He said, we're not, <laughs> we're not taking fault. any chances. It's going to be completely obliterated by the end of this. Did the rest of you look at the video? He was a yeah. Catholic mercenary as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Glenn, did you ever get a chance to see that video of them blowing that up on that show? Not, well, not yeah. I did. It was funny. It, yeah. it, it blew it up. Yeah. <laughs> I saw the whole documentary. It was mm -hmm. an hour long. Um, and, and would it have blown it up, Glenn? <laughs> uh, yeah. We need a yes from everybody in this room. Charlotte, would it have blown it up? Yeah. And the very interesting thing about it is, is that that's who they hired. And I would say those guys were competent. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yes. So, um, 
they yeah, it, it starts off with these uh, I guess five guys. Um, they meet in the Duck and Drake. Uh, Glenn, do you have any connection to the dr- Duck and Drake? <laughs> well, full disclosure, I do have a Cabernet Sauvignon, which uh, from the Duck and Drake in my collection. Well, my booze collection. Yes. So that is that's an incredible thing that you've got going on. Um, so they meet there, um, and Robert explains the plan where they are going to blow up Parliament through Guy Fawkes's, um, incredible efforts. And, um, from there, kidnap, uh, James's minor daughter, um, and put her on the throne as a puppet, um, and the, like the interesting thing about this, it had it was not political at all. They they had nothing, no problem with James before this. They wanted him to be king. It was literally just because they weren't allowed to practice their Catholicism. Um, so they were all devout Catholics. Um, and anyway, so they they devised this plot. Um, I think it was Thomas Percy. He was uh, renting from a landlord who had property underneath um parliament so it was like a basement thing what's up uh, he had a house next door yeah he did okay yeah, yeah so it, he was renting that house from the landlord and then they and dug the a land- tunnel the landlord let them use that basement and i think they used the tunnel to bring the gunpowder right in. from that house next door to the yeah to Westminster. so it was a very good setup that they had yes. there but um and they got like a lower price because they were renting next door and it was from the same landlord and but yeah gotcha. it, was, it was an incredible setup um so they start moving um they start moving the gunpowder into the basement um, it was 36 barrels. And again, that was overkill by Guy Fawkes, but he was a determined boy. Um, <laughs> and uh, he's a man's man. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then um, one of the guys, again, these people are wealthy, too, because almost all of them were openly practicing Catholicism. Um but they were able to afford it. And I really I can't remember how many, it was like 2000 pounds today. Wait, no. It was a lot of money. I think it was like six. I can't remember how much. It was a lot of money. These people were very wealthy. Um, well, gunpowder was 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 monopolized at that time mm-hmm. by the government, mm-hmm. and they had to to get that on the black market. Yeah, I'm sure that it was not cheap. Yeah, so uh, they had the funds, and uh, one of the guys had a bunch of horses, um, which are the getaway car for back then. Um, so once Guy Fawkes obliterated Parliament and the rest of London, um, they were going to, uh, ride out. I think actually, um, a few of them were already out in the country, ready to go, uh, catch her, but, um, they're going to go take their horses, get Elizabeth and, um, then Catholicism would have taken over all of England. Um, so... Unfortunately, they continued to recruit people. I guess um, it was kind of hard to figure out what they were all there for because it was a, a big group. And it was like, 
y'all got the gunpowder in there pretty quick. And the late recruits were really strange. Yeah, they, yeah. They were recruiting almost up to the time it happened. And have you gotten into the? I, I lost you for a second. Uh-huh. Did you get into the fact that it was postponed several times? The Parliament. Yeah. Did, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Parliament had to got, get called back then. It wasn't like today where Congress meets every day. They would get called by the by the king when he needed something. Mm-hmm. And so it got postponed several times, and so they didn't meet. Yeah. And so why did they keep recruiting people? Because they already had the gunpowder down there. Yeah. It was so weird. It was like they got the gunpowder down there really maybe, quick. Maybe post. Maybe yeah. what are we going to – because they had to go that get – That is true. Yeah. Like how are we going to continue this after? Okay. They had a little yeah. here. What is generally believed is that what they had, they had about half the barrels that they ended up with down there. And it was degraded because mm-hmm. they put off the parliament so much. And they were afraid That's it right. would blow up. Now, degraded back then meant that you couldn't, it was clumping together. Not that it wouldn't blow up or light, that it would clump together and it wouldn't be good for a musket. Uh, so, guy uh, said, let's make sure. Uh, so, he doubles uh, up. And they needed the money uh, to buy that gunpowder. Yeah. That's why they were recruiting others. That makes sense. I'm sorry I'm laughing, but when you see that video of that thing blowing up, that's the funniest thing. Um, (laughs) So, uh, obviously, Parliament never gets blown up. I don't think that that's a surprise. We all know that. But uh, the plot had to have gotten discovered, and it's not – they're not sure exactly who who leaked the information – but they think that it was one of the late recruits. Um, his name is Francis Tresham, or I guess was. Hopefully he's not still alive. That'd be really weird. Um, Francis Tresham. So this, the plot's supposed to go down uh, in November of 1605. So as James was, my dad was saying, whatever. I don't know what to call you. James. Call me. People are not going to know me as dad. Mm-hmm. No, that's a very good point. Um, yeah, they, they'd be confused. Dad's uh, perspective just won't work. <laughs> Um, so they, uh, yeah, they had to postpone twice, um, like the parliament opening because of the plague. Um, and so the next time that it was supposed to open was November. They recruit Tresham in October. And I guess at that point it had been over a year that a lot of these guys had been plotting this. And I think they came to the terms with the fact that, um, at the time this was going to happen, uh, the, there were Catholics in parliament who would have been killed by this plot. And so I'm assuming that they were kind of just at that point, like, okay, this is how it's going to like happen. It's fine. But this guy was a late recruit. He realizes what's going to happen and gets worried about his friends and family. And that was, um, he expressed that to concern a few times apparently. And so some of the guys write letters to friends and family who would be affected by this. And, um, the the one that was leaked, it went to um, Monteagle, Lord Monteagle, and um, and it said, "My Lord, out of love, out of the love I have for some of your friends, I want to make sure you are safe. Because of this, I would advise you not to attend this sitting of Parliament, because God and man have agreed to punish the wickedness of this time. Do not think this is a joke. Go to your estate in the country where you will." be safe because although there is no sign of any problem yet, this parliament will receive a terrible blow, but they will not see who it is that hurts them. This advice should not be ignored as it may do you some good and it can do you no harm because the danger will have passed as soon as you've burned this letter. 
I hope God grants you the grace to make good use of it and he protects you. You forgot to burn the letter. Yeah, you forgot to burn that letter. Um, so Monteagle does not burn the letter. He uh, brings it ultimately to, um, gosh, what's that name? Robert Cecil. Is that what his name was? Robert Cecil. Yeah, Robert Cecil. So Robert Cecil is King James's minister. Um, and uh, he was basically like the secret service of the time. Very smart guy. Um, that was, I guess the family position that they, they, yeah, his dad, his dad was the same thing for Elizabeth and ear to the ground guy. Mm -hmm. he, he, he would hear all of the, he had spies out. He had spies out in, in Spain and France. And yeah, they were, they, the Cecil's were very good. And he did not like Catholics. Uh, he was very Protestant. Um, so he gets the letter, uh, according to the official story, it's King James who like, Cecil's reading the letter thinking, what's this about? And King James gets it and has this incredible moment of intellect where he's like, it says blow and burn. You know what it reminds me of? What? Is that, what's that movie where they, he, the, he uh, burns all of the uh, Nazis in a, in a theater? Oh, um, Inglorious Bastards. Inglorious Bastards. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And he, and he, and he, he can figure out anything that mm -hmm. guy, that Nazi can figure out anything like that. Yeah. Putting a card on oh, yeah. 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 That's the king really, has one of those moments. That is a very, yeah, that's a very good point. Um, it's like that guy off of Inglorious Bastards. Um, <laughs> so we had a movie reference. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway, so he, uh, the king sees those two words and just immediately knows, oh, um, they're going to blow up parliament. And so they start searching the area for, um, places that there could be gunpowder or explosives. Um, and they ultimately search the basement that Tommy Percy is, uh, Thomas Percy is renting. Um, they find Guy Fawkes there sitting with a ton of firewood and a ridiculous amount of uh, gunpowder. The plot's exposed. Um, Robert Catesby, uh, Catesby and a bunch of other people had already taken off with their horses, but... Um, one of the plotters realized Fox was, um, arrested and he raced to go catch up with Catesby so he could warn those guys. Um, these idiots start preparing for a, a fight and, um, they, but their gunpowder was wet. So <laughs> this is the fun It was part. globbed. Is that what the word you said it was, Glenn? <laughs> Yeah, clumped up. Clumped well, up. They needed double the amount. Yes. Yeah, but he, yeah, but she said so the, it went from thirty six casts of gunpowder. Uh, yeah, but what we were making fun of is that that the gunpowder they had in their guns must have been clumped too, clumped or clumped. Mm, yeah, and so they had to they they spread it out by a fire to um I guess like warm it up and get it prepared, but they didn't dry it. Yeah, dry it. So they they uh but they put it too close to the fire. Um, it catches fire. And so do a few of the men around the, the fire. And so, um, they, they're preparing for a, uh, a gunfight while they're already severely injured. Um, they, the fight ends up happening at like some kind of, uh, fancy house, you know, like just imagine like a country home in England and, um, it's a shootout. Uh, the sheriff and his posse win. Um, 
<laughs> yeah. So uh, I, I think like a few of the guys. Were, Cahill. Yeah, a few of the guys were killed. Um, that includes Robert Catesby. He had a beautiful Catholic death where he, um, in his dying moments, scooted his way over to a little um, Catholic church on the property and finds a picture of the Virgin Mary, grasps it, and dies. Um, so t- a few of the men were still alive and they were taken as prisoners uh, to be tortured. And it was interesting because the guys that died, I think two of them, they were buried, but then they were, their bodies were eventually um, dug up and heads cut off so they could be displayed at the Tower of London. Um, Cause that's what happens to all of these guys. Uh, let's see. Guy Fawkes starts getting tortured as well as the others that were um, taken as part of this plot. Um, Guy Fawkes was doing a really good job of not spilling the beans until they put him in the, what's it called? The rack. The rack, where he's stretched out uh, very slowly, like it pulls out your like arms and legs from their sockets. Um, he breaks at that point, uh, exposes everything, and then they're all, they have a very short trial. Let me, let me say this about him, because this is going to be important to you as a Catholic. Uh-huh. The, the, the one of the reasons that the that people theorize that they that the the, the um, Jesuit priests were not involved is that when they did draw and quarter him when they did rack him when they did torture him he named everybody but the priests mm-hmm. and they think that if the priests would have been involved he because he wouldn't have known to even involve them mm-hmm. so so he does not rat out any priests mm-hmm. that's that's I think that's important to the story yeah. Um, and we can get into like the whole priest stuff. We are all yeah. we're gonna have to. Oh, yeah. it's that's where the fun starts. This is just, yeah. This, this is just, just background. Yeah, it's we're a lot of background. Back. Like that was something like I realized whenever I was getting into yeah. it. So I was like, I didn't realize how much plot there was. Um. Anyway, guy fought. Like everybody's uh pretty gruesomely killed. So it they make it seem like they're gonna get hung at first, but right before they get hung, they take them down and start torturing them more. Um, and that I think it was more than often ended up with disembowelment and then decapitation. Um, Guy Fox was kind of funny because right at the last second, he escaped, um, from being hung, knew that he was going to get killed anyway. So he jumps off the place where you get hung from in hopes that he'll like break his neck and die. And he does. And so he actually escaped all that additional torture. Um, but they still get his head. So he is kind of a hero. Yeah, no, he's, he, was, he was a cool guy. Um, anyway, so that is that is uh, all of the things that happened. In the aftermath, it was not good for the Catholics. Very bad for the Catholics, because the Protestants at that point had seen it as God is, God is against the Catholics um, and for Protestants. So Okay, let me, let me just say, before we let Charlotte loose on what she knows about, I think she knows a lot about the priests, um, I think. But I want to say this real quick. When I've read, um, I went back and looked. I knew that um, in Winston Churchill's history of the English-speaking people, that he had a paragraph or three on this. And I thought I'll just go back and see what he had to say. Well, he actually had three or four pages on it, and he gave the line that just what you said. He summarized it in three pages, and 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 you did it just as well as Winston Churchill did. But you have to read between the lines. I don't think that he believes that that 
the parliament and the king didn't know about in advance. I think he, yep. I think he thinks that they knew in advance and yep. they were just trying to figure out who all was involved before they made the arrest. Yep. And one of the, the things that, that he points to, he never says it. Cause I think Churchill at the time when he was writing that, you gotta realize he was writing that pre-World War II. He still had political ambitions. And so he wasn't going to go completely against the English line on, on things that he, their heroes and things that they celebrate, such as Guy Fawkes Day. But do you want to know what the first order of business was on the day that they met? Um, it says they turned to the business of the day. They discussed the petition of a member who asked to be relieved of his parliamentary duties owing to attack of gout. They don't even mention that day, Guy Fawkes. They don't mention the plot. They go straight to business, which makes you think this is similar to J6. Oh, you're breaching our our lines. Oh, you're coming into the Capitol. Oh, we're putting you in jail. Yeah. They knew. I think that Churchill was hinting that that king didn't just do an inglorious bastards thing and figure that, that out by looking at the letter. I think he's going like, I think they knew, and that's why they kept delaying it. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, so I wanted to pass that easy one on. That's an easy. That's an easy part of this thing to to, to address. Yeah, the the uh, Cecil had figured out a while back, like they the, his men had gotten it together. Um, these these men, like that was the thing too. Almost all of the guys that were involved in this plot were involved in another plot before this. It was like some kind of um, what was it? It was some kind of Essex thing. Uh, Essex. Like, oh, that's a huge thing. Yeah, and yes. so. They were involved in all of that, um, or a lot of them. And Catesby, Catesby was. Yeah, Catesby. S, to give that, you're starting into the history we're going to get into. Mm-hmm. That happened during the reign of Elizabeth. And Essex is the one who gave uh, Francis Bacon a home. Mm-hmm. And because Francis Bacon's dad died and he, was left, he left his son poor. And Essex was a rich guy and he gave him a very, very nice place for, for Francis Bacon to stay. Well, he he plotted against Queen Elizabeth and failed, and they just slapped him on the wrist because that's kind of what people did back then is they tried to overthrow their queen and king. And then he did it a second time, and Francis Bacon and Coke, the famous jurist for England, were the two that prosecuted Essex and Catesby. Mm-hmm. And, 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 but they did not put Catesby to death. They did. They did. Uh, it was capital for Essex. Mm-hmm. For, for, um, what's his name? Yeah, and and again, it wasn't just Catesby; it was multiple members. Right, right. it was also, a big Essex. That was the thing. It was a big deal. Yeah, it was the it was the Essex Rebellion, um, and that was in sixteen oh one. So that was three years before they began plotting um, the Parliament blow up. Uh, and so, like, I, yeah, like that that was kind of what I was thinking too. Is that at that point they already had exposed people who clearly. Um, were willing to overthrow the government for um, their Catholic faith. And uh, they wouldn't just stop like following them or keeping tabs with them after that happened. Um, so, yeah, I know I agree with you on that completely. Okay. So, so that's really, it, it's it, even though it took a long time and, and I don't see any way, that's why it took three or four pages for someone who writes as succinctly as, as Churchill did. Mm-hmm. He didn't use adverbs. Yeah. You know, he didn't use adjectives. He, he wrote mm-hmm. succinctly. And um, it took him three or four pages to describe just the setup. Mm-hmm. And so, but you have to set that up. 
where that's all easy. The ones who were contributing needed to be have their balls cut off. Mm-hmm. You don't go blowing up yeah. Parliament. And so no one really excuses that. But maybe they felt depressed. And, Even the and, Catholics at the time were against those the, the plotters, yeah. Okay. The question is the question is the priest, the Jesuit priest. And it is to me it's it's a it's it's a very important to recognize that there were Jesuits. The Jesuits started in Spain and at the time Charles V starting back with with um, Henry VIII, Charles V and Henry VIII were were constantly at each other over trying to influence the Pope and just each other. Okay, and so the fact that these 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 priests were being sent over from the Pope that were all Jesuits were sending people who would be considered from an, in an enemy country. Mm-hmm. Now that doesn't mean they did anything wrong. But you do need, do need to recognize that they were Jesuits. And I will let Charlotte take over who those priests are, because this is where it gets fun. Mm-hmm. It really gets fun when you start talking about the involvement of the Jesuit priests. And, they, and I can promise you that in V, you're not going to hear anything about the Jesuit priests. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, that's true. So the Jesuits were formed in 15... There I go. I bonged the bong. That means Charlotte's going to talk. From now on, she's going to talk. To hit the gong. I'll just hit the gong. <laughs> Sorry, Glenn, my apologies. <laughs> so the Jesuits were founded in 1540 by St. Ignatius of Loyola, and they were headquartered in Rome. And they were a missionary, uh, charitable, and education. They were noted for their missionary work, educational work, and chari- uh, charity. Um, they were also referred to as soldiers of Christ. They were, so there was kind of a, a militant implication there. Church militant. Church militant. Yes, exactly. And our guy, my guy, Henry Garnett, was a Jesuit. He was born into a, um, a, a well-established family. His father was an educator. His three sisters went on to become nuns. They were a very devout Catholic family, and he was the same as the men that were um, in this group, very educated um, and a well-established, well-off family, um, which I find interesting because it they were willing to risk their fortunes for this. This was that important to them that they not be oppressed, um, you know, continue under English oppression. Um, so anyway, so his unfortunate association with the gunpowder plot is <laughs> I wonder what angle we're coming from. <laughs> yes, his unfortunate association with the gunpowder plot um, happened uh, through the seal of the confessional. Um, so it, most people probably know that the Catholic priests are prevented from revealing the sins of their um you know, their penitence. Penitence. Thank you. That's the word. Um, so anyway, the existence of the plot was revealed to Father Garnett by another priest, Father Oswald, T. 
Tesman on July 24th, 1605. So it was several months before. Now, it's interesting to note there was another plot earlier. There was the Essex Rebellion. Then there was another plot. It was called the Main Plot. Um, and, I, and a plot within a plot of that was by plot. And that was a, um, I think that was a, a plot to kidnap James, uh, if I'm not mistaken. I can't remember exactly what the purpose of it was. But um, he was adamantly against that. He and another priest were adamantly against that and, you know, were vocal about dissuading the um, plotters to carry that out. So he did not have a history of rebel rousing. Anyway, um, so he was um, he was informed of that through the confessional. Um, after the plot failed, Garnet went into hiding, but he was eventually arrested on January the twenty seventh, uh, the following year, sixteen oh six. Everybody store that in their mind. He he was in hiding. Yes, he was okay. in hiding. So That's as it, soon, that is an important fact. Yes, as soon as the plot failed. He went into hiding um, and was arrested, what, three months later, I suppose, is what, what we're looking at. Um, he, was, he almost got out. Yes, he did. He, he was trying to get across, in case anybody listening don't, doesn't know this, starting with the medieval times, Middle Ages, it was England and France took each other's refugees. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. Yeah. Yes, that's an important point. Um, so anyway, he was, um, he was arrested, interrogated by the Privy Council, and on that council was John Popham, Edward Coke, and Robert Cecil. And, um, and, and I can't tell you how much of an all-star lineup that is. Yes. You could not get a bigger list of names of, uh, over history of putting that group together to try you. You're probably going down. <laughs> yes. yes. Um, so, and this is just the Reader's can, Digest. Can I just thing real quick? Sure. Do you know that by the time James, end of his reign, he and Coke got into it and he fired him. Really? Yep. Oh, I didn't know that till last night. Interesting. Yeah, that's a little history a little, for, for us little. lawyers. Yeah. Even Coke can get fired. Uh, yeah, exactly. A little, a little tidbit there. Um, so ultimately, he was um, sentenced, and well, he was condemned for not warning authorities of what Cats, Catesby had planned, and he was sentenced to be hanged, drawn, and quartered. Um, and this was carried out on May the third, sixteen o six, which coincidentally was also. Um, on the Catholic calendar, the Feast of the Cross. Really? Mm -hmm. All right, now yes. you're going to go to another one, or is that and him? He may. Uh, that's, uh, okay, so that's him. Well, I don't I want, uh, before to, we move to the next guy. Oh, yeah, I'm not moving to the next guy Okay, yet. okay, okay. I just wanted to kind of give a little more. I'm, I'm really a fan of this guy because he wasn't, he got, he, he just got sucked into that because of, of the, From the Catholics' viewpoint, yes. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, I want to keep reminding everybody there's another viewpoint well, to all of this. Yeah, this is a Catholic viewpoint. Um, let me get to my other note. Can, can I go? Can, yeah. can we do this? Yeah. Just, I don't know if there's going to be a better time to go into this this um, 
priest penitent um, idea. But it, but this might be just as good as any. Uh-huh. All right. So basically what happened was he didn't take the confession. The confession went to another priest. Mm-hmm. And that priest told Garnett. Mm-hmm. Is that his name, Garnett? Yes, Garnett. Right. Now. Now, was that through the confessional? I didn't. It was. Uh, the, no. the, the confession, the, 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 the fact that they were going, they, did, they didn't get the specific. Mm-hmm. What they said was they're, we're, we're going to do some killing. Mm-hmm. Lots of killing. Mm-hmm. And boy, were they ever, right? Yeah. And and so the priest that took it went to his boss and goes, hey, this guy sounds like he's getting ready to do something really big. Mm-hmm. And they go, well, you know, it's covered under the canon law that we can't divulge it or we get excommunicated. Right. All right. Now, what's so vital to understand on this thing, and it's going to get more and more important as we just as we, as we go through the history of this. It's vital to understand that this took place after the Middle Ages ended, in at least in England. Mm-hmm. You know, the Middle Ages, where it starts becoming an age of reason again, where we're no longer just saying we're going to do whatever the Catholics tell us to do. Okay, which is what, it, and it worked. I'm not going to say that it didn't work. I, I have been very much an apologist for what the Catholics did post-Constantine. All right? Mm-hmm. But... They were moving from they were moving from a a form of of government where the Pope would bless and pick and and, and actually what do you call it when they would give it the the Pope authority they would bless it mm-hmm. but they would you couldn't become really a king of France or England or anywhere else without the blessing of the Pope well that was changing. So, so if you look at history, it kind of gets kind of easy on England's side of this to watch when did this transition take place. In the four, it, at 1400, that's when Henry Bolingbroke mm-hmm. overthrew Richard III, right about that time. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that was the War of the Roses. You had the Yorks and the Lancasters fighting it out. That was all medieval times. That was all Middle Ages. That was all before the Age of Reason. They fought for almost a hundred years because ultimately sex solves it. The the Hatfields and McCoys had two that crossed lines had babies. Mm-hmm. So the Yorks and the Lancasters had a had a mutual son. That was Henry the Third, seventh. So the Henry the Seventh comes in and he's the father of Henry VIII. That's the beginning of the pre the early modern times. At that point, now with that happening, you started seeing a transition. From the Pope's picking who is king to God picking. Mm-hmm. And the, so the divine right, the right, mm-hmm. divine right of mm-hmm. kings. And that's what that's what Henry VIII on believed in. And it especially it was kind of a, a saying, but they had to do that because they were no longer getting the blessing. Henry VIII was excommunicated. How was Bess going to I keep calling her Bess? I've been I read too much Churchill last night. Mm-hmm. King Elizabeth, he called her Bess. <laughs> so when you hear me say Bess, I'm not being familiar. Nah, Queen Any, Bess. <laughs> Queen Bess is what he called her. Mm-hmm. Um, he, she, she, she was excommunicated from the word go. Okay, she, mm-hmm. she was excommunicated, so she had to have it have authority to be a ruler, and she, she did that. All right. Well, at that point, they become a nation mm-hmm. as opposed to this body of Christ type thing. And so England had their common law and no longer were priests outside of the common law. You had canon law, 
that, that, that defined how you acted within your church, but you were subject to common law. Okay. Now, here was the problem for both sides. He, Garnett, was absolutely bound under canon law not to say anything. We ought to obey God rather than man. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, the guy that took the, 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 uh, the confession took a confession not of a sin that he had already taken place. He took the confession of a sin he was going to do in the future. Under canon law, I looked it up today, that's still the law. Under canon law, the priest can't disclose that. And it was that way back then. However, does common law give a person who did not take the confession, who heard it from another priest and says, um, you know of a future crime, do you have a duty to, to disclose that? And under English common law, the answer was absolutely yes. Yes, it's treason. So Garnett was properly hung okay. I did, under, under English law. Okay, I understand that, but was he protecting his priest by trying to handle it the way he did when he said, guys, you don't need to do, don't do this, you know, and he had a track record of the byplot. He, he yeah, said, right, don't so, do it. Okay, so that you're, you're, you're hitting where we need to go with it. But I, what I wanted to make sure was the listeners and understood that Cecil and Coke were correct. Under English law, Garnett was guilty. Okay. Absolutely guilty. The others escaped, mm-hmm. but he didn't. And so his guilt was he didn't get out of time. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but I, so if you are the superior, as Garnett was, um, do you, what what do you what do you do with that information? So you you have a priest that has given that has been given this confession of the planning and the we're going to carry this out. Did they get that specific? You run this. I didn't well, think they I don't did. Think, no, they didn't get that specific. But there was a. It was like something's about something's going to happen. He said, "Absolutely, we're getting ready to kill a bunch of people." And right. is that if I'm doing that in a war, is it okay? Mm-hmm. He, he the, the question he asked. In his in the in the apparent and what's horrible is is that we know this. Mm-hmm. So where's that priest client privilege now? Right, right. Somebody spoke. Yes. Okay. Yes. So, it, so, it wasn't so, Garnett. Right. So mm-hmm. so the long and short of it is though they said we're going to do something really bad. We want to know are we going to be able to come back and get confession after the fact? And he's going like the, the priest tried to talk him out of it. Mm-hmm. So well, yeah, but. Um, you know, and then they tried to go to the Pope and say, hey, would you please stop this? Would you mm-hmm. say, hey, don't, oh, don't, yes. don't kill people? Yes, exactly. Um, and he didn't. No, no, <laughs> no, he didn't. Um, I think it was one of those things. It was like, we're not going to openly condone this, um, but we're not going to uh, we're not going to condone it and we're not going to condemn it. We're just going to be silent. Let me give you one little funny tidbit. Okay. You know, we are a Catholic state, mostly mm-hmm. Catholics. When you further south you go, the more Catholic we are. Right. And so the federal rules of evidence just say follow the common law on what is the um, the privilege between penitent and priest. Just follow the common law. Oh my. Right. Yeah. Well, we're not a we're not a common law state. So we spelled it out in our Louisiana rules of procedure and we almost copied canon law. 
if if you go and say, hey, I'm getting ready to molest a little girl, this priest can't do anything. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Yeah, we are. that. That's how that's how strict or how confidential priests have it in Louisiana. Okay. Which is a good thing because that, that involves your soul. And you need to be able to confess that. <laughs> yeah. You should be able to confess future sins. Mm-hmm. You should or should not. Should that's not. an awful thing to put on. I don't, okay, I don't. I don't think you can get forgiveness for. Hmm, I don't know. I don't mm. know because you still need to get that spiritual guidance. Like I, I think that that's where it really comes from. Is like, uh, like you're not getting confession, confession from it, or are you? I, I don't see how you could. I don't think you can. Uh, but but I could understand like spiritual if you're guidance. in confession and you're trying to figure out like some things that you're struggling with then like you would think that you you should be able to talk to a priest like that um i mean because that's what they do with um with like psychologists and stuff like that too like they're so confidential even like with stuff that you're going to do or whatever yeah unless you're gonna like okay so so that's that's him Uh, what what i I, if i can summarize what i think charlotte is saying she respects the fact that he put his life at stake in order to follow common, follow the uh, the, the canon, canon law. law, and that he was willing to die before he would be excommunicated. Yes. Okay, I'm his, with you. His faith was that important, and he died a good death. Um, he was taken on again. We said this is feast of the cross day, Saturday, May the third, sixteen oh six. He was strapped to a wooden hurdle and taken by three horses to the churchyard at St. Paul's. He wore a black cloak over his clothes and hat, and he spent the journey mostly with his clothes, uh, excuse me, with his hands um, clasped and his eyes closed as if in prayer. And um, there at the execution was the Sheriff of London, Sir Henry Montague, George Abbott, and John Overall. Um, when he was asked if he had any knowledge of any further participants in treason, he said he had nothing to say. And um, he even rejected the entreaty of a, of a Protestant priest to abandon his faith uh, for Protestantism. Um, and he said he had committed no offense against the king. So he reiterated that. I like how mom's part of this whole podcast thing was so much more detailed than mine. It was like, yeah, a guy fox jumped off that thing. And- you had a <laughs> you had a huge I mean, you have a huge big survey. Mine is just one guy. Yeah. One guy. All I want to know is that would people who heard you understand what happened? I think everybody got it. It would have been a big bang. <laughs> so, okay, what so, I'm interested are you? Are you I know story? one other thing. And John Overall, who is the the Protestant bishop, he he said, "Well, we're all Catholics," and Garnett disagreed with him. And he uh, said his prayers, and he climbed up a ladder. He took off his cloak and climbed up the ladder, and. Um, they pushed him off the ladder, so he was hung, and he was. And so, what happens is when they hung them, they would cut them down right before they died. So, you know, before they put them on the drawing quartered, drawing quartered yeah. But in his case, uh, the crowd got, uh, you know, they before the executioner could cut him down, the crowd had grabbed him, and he died, you know, that way. So there was no. Um, there was no drawing and quartering at that point. So 
Um, now they, it was interesting because when they cut his head off and put it on a pike, his face was fresh and unblemished. And so they ended up turning his face upwards. And so it was, his face was no longer, no longer visible. Um, there was a bloodstained um, piece of straw that was taken from the scene. And it was like a, a relic that was taken to Rome. I uh, know it was, um, it was um, given to the Society of Jesus, the Jesuits. And um, then it was lost during the French Revolution. So that was the only remaining relic of, of his. So my question about all of this is how far does this like, uh, um, gosh, it was an issue of freedom, obviously. It was an issue of freedom, but not just freedom. It was they were literally killing priests for existing You're talking about in England. In England, I'm, how I'm ready to address that whenever you yes, guys. Yes, no, I'm, I'm ready to go for that. Well, how far do you have to go to before you can do some kind of rebellion? And go ahead. Charlotte. Also, uh, how does this relate to the problems that the Puritans had as well? Oh, we're going to get that. Okay. Because this now you now you're in my territory. Right. Right. You're in my domain. Yes. All right. No, I'm not going to say I'm an expert at this, but I've read a lot about this. We've talked about it at this breakfast table so many times. Yes. And I knew that I would get a very, very Catholic perspective from this. Uh, you can't help but be as devout as Sarah and Charlotte are and not have that. But I'm going to take a very, a very different angle on this thing and, and, and say that James was very, very justified in what he was doing. Um, um, we're going to start with Henry VIII. Um, Henry VIII has been joked and laughed about all these years about all the divorces he wanted. But it wasn't over sex. It was over trying to find a, to try to get a male heir. Because if you'll remember in, in history of England, you were not able to pass at the early, you know, I wouldn't call it anxious, early middle ages. It, you could not pass um, the, the blood airship through a female line mm -hmm. and, and France was still, is still that was still that way all the way to the end. They never did allow you to do that. Um, so he had to have a son and the, the, he couldn't, he couldn't At the time. They didn't know that it was the man's fault, not the woman's, but um, he, he needed, he needed to get these divorces or annulments. And one of them, he had very good grounds because he married his brother's wife or, or you know, that's considered not that was at the time that would not be considered a, a legal marriage under under canon law. He could have gotten it. The problem was that the Pope at the time, and it was um, Clement the, at the seventh. All right. Now, what, it's very important to remember this, that during the Middle Ages, um, the the uh, it, it starts with the with the Constantine um, donation was a fraud. A total fraud, but but the Catholics operated on this. So the Catholics did, will acknowledge they did some bad things. This was one of them. This was a total forgery that he, Constantine, upon his death, donated all of the east, the Western Empire, Western part of the Roman Empire, to the Catholic Church, and that the Eastern Eastern stayed with the with with the Eastern Orthodox. Then it, it rolls along, and based on that, Pippin 
the first Merovingian king, donated, literally donated, the Italy and, and, and Piedmont and um, part of France, I think. But anyway, I know, but the, but the papal states, mostly up to Piedmont, you know what, I'm wrong. It stopped at the Pyrenees. So, mm-hmm. so, so it stops there. So now, now, and then Charlemagne does it too. So now it's pretty solid. Anybody that would have had a claim to what became the papal states was clean, starting in the 700s. Now, that meant that you weren't just a pope now. You were an emperor. You were a king. You were running a country, just like France, just like Spain, just like any place else, Germany. Um, and so there were wars. Caesar Borgia, look at those wars that he was involved in. They had, they had a lot of them. In fact, in fact, Shakespeare has several plays where you see these little wars that were taking place inside of, of Italy. Um, and so, so th- we're not talking about this pope that we have now. We're talking about generals. We're talking about, we're talking about, about Donald Trump's. We're talking about poly people running a country. Now, at that time of, of Henry VIII, there was Charles V was, was the king of the, the, of the Holy Roman Empire. He was from Spain. And those two, Charles and Henry, were constantly vying for the attention of the Pope in his spiritual capacity. So once one time, the Pope, and it was like, I think I, think I told you, it was Clement the, the Seventh. He, um, he, took the, he took England's side. So you know what Charles did? He went and sacked Rome. Mm-hmm. Worse than the Vandals. Right. 15, tore that, tore that, that city up. Tore it up. Held the king in captivity. I mean, excuse me, the Pope in captivity. Mm-hmm. That's when Henry starts asking for his annulment of his marriage with Anne because he needs to get, he needs a child. Well, he's being held hostage. You think he's going to take a, play, a position against Charles? No way. This wasn't a spiritual reason that the Pope didn't give him that divorce, that, that annulment. It was all political. And at that point, I think rightfully so, Henry goes, this isn't religion anymore. This is politics. And I think the true church is, is the worship. And so we're going to create a church without a Pope, but it'll be Episcopal. It'll be the same type of a, of a set, setup. It'll be ecclesiastic. It'll be, you'll have a, You'll have bishops going on down to priests just like you do, but it will not be through the Roman church because the Roman church was corrupted politically. That's how he saw it. Mm-hmm. And then he, he goes ahead and gets a, a, a church of England started. And they, that, they, they are the church of England, all of the priests and all of the people in that church understood that they were also, when they were outside of the church, they were subject to English laws. So, I think that, the, that this idea that the Church of England was started just because he was horny is not the case. The fact of the matter is that was political, period. And I want to remind you that the second time, it was Paul III, I think, they, whoever followed Clement, he, he, was the fi- he, he was the last one to, to enter, to, to um, what do you call it when they kick him out of church? Uh, excommunicate. excommunicate. And he had like six illegitimate children, this pope did. You got to realize they were not holy men. Those mm-hmm. popes at that time, that's why they had to have the Reformation. It was this why Luther was successful in the Reformation, because, because, um, because of this. This guy, these were not good people. 
These popes were not good people. All right. So along comes Queen Bess, and she wants she was she was baptized Catholic, but she also says we're not going to be under Pope rule. We're not going to let those popes rule us. We're going to have our own church. And and there was just like Sarah said, there was there was that the uh, it was not a it was not a pretty thing. It was not a pretty sight. So during this time, from 1586, there was a Catholic conspiracy to kill Queen Elizabeth. There was a the the main plot, which I think you talked about, which is a conspiracy to uh, to um, a, a Catholic conspiracy. Then there was the by plot. Wait, no, no, the main plot. That one is that the one where they? You know, the main plot one's really interesting. In that one, they tried to replace James with uh, Arabella Stewart, his yes. cousin. Yes. And and the the thing about her was they said they don't know which one she was that she she attended both mass and she attended Anglican. Um, the Catholics not about been happy with that, but neither were the Church of England people. Then there was the by plot, which was Catholic, and the gunpowder plot was Catholic. It wasn't like that these these Catholics were being were behaving and and they and they were trying to get Mary Queen of Scots Catholic to to. Uh, to take over. Well, yeah, that that was a whole plot right there. Right. So, yeah. so, so the the the, the Anglican Church and the and was, was I mean, the, the, excuse me, the the Crown at that time had a reason to fear Catholics. Okay. Now we know that we know that the whole time this was going on, Spain was sending in, and I'm not saying that the English weren't doing the same back to Spain, but they were sending in spies and they were sending in people like. Um, What's the big guy with the cowboy hat that, that started J6? Oh, yeah. The, um, they, they were sending in agitators. Yeah, agitators. Ray, Roy, yes. Roy, Ray Epps, yeah. that type. Yeah. They were sending agitators. Yeah. And so, so Elizabeth dies and James takes it over. And now James was extremely smart. Now, and, and, and we need to, say, say, to emphasize this. We were becoming into the modern age at this time. During James's reign, we got the Bible, the, the King James Bible. We we uh, Harvey was a scientist and figured out that the circulation of the blood, how that worked. We're we're talking about uh, 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 Francis Bacon, the father of modern science, of mm-hmm. uh, Shakespeare. We're talking about a really advancing knowledge wise time, a very 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 the, like I say, the early modern era. Um, and James was hanging with those guys. And the he but he he came from Scotland and Scotland was full of Puritans and Puritans did not like an ecclesiastical type of a of a organization. They didn't want the they didn't even want the Church of Christ. So you had them on one side, then you had the pure Catholics on the other and James stuck in the middle. So he has a um, a similar thing as, as the as the Council of uh, Nice, where he presides over all three of them. Um, he being James does. And. He, he 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 acts like Constantine, and he lets everybody know what he knows. Okay, but he he needs those bishops though, in order to establish himself with control over the religious side. He couldn't do it with those Scott the Kirk because those guys were democratic. You had no one you could deal with. They were like it was like trying to grab fog. You couldn't you couldn't do anything with them. So he looked at it like, well, this is a good in between. And he took he picked the Church of Church of um, England side on this thing. And when that happened, he pissed off the Scottish, which ultimately get his son. 
Charles the first gets killed mm -hmm. by the Scottish. He was right to say, "Ooh, man, these guys are something. And he pissed off the, 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 the English, but he had a period there where it was a detente. He goes, look, we'll let you go. We'll let you, we'll let you, we'll turn a blind eye. You recuse the city laws, those laws that Sarah was talking about where you had to go to church. We'll, mm -hmm. we'll, 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 we'll lighten them up. Well, what does Spain do? They send a whole bunch of people over, agitators, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. sort of like our open borders. Right. And so now he's dealing with these people who are militant. Right. They're coming in there to overthrow the church. Right. <laughs> so really what they've done is they have taken, um, I think, sincere positions that people have as far as their relationship with God, and they weaponize them. They they militarize them. Each faction does. They They have people that take advantage of that. And they bring in agitators, and then it becomes a uh, your religion becomes a, a weapon. It becomes a, a political weapon. A political weapon. It's not about just letting people worship like they want anymore. It's no who's going to who's going to get to worship. Correct. <clears throat> and, and I really do believe that the problem was solved when the papal states ended, yes. and we went back to just being a, a religious leader. But 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 the long and short of it is if. It, and I haven't found this anywhere. I was hoping I could find somebody that had this theory, so I can't say that a historian's going to back me on this. Mm -hmm. But if you ask me what happened here was, um, James wanted detente. He wanted openness. He wanted perestroika. He wanted to be able to talk and, and get these, let's, be, let's all get this worked out. And then he had those three, we named them, all those plots that happened. Mm -hmm. One after the other, boom, boom, boom. Yeah. Was not even a decade apart. Yeah. They were trying to overthrow England mm -hmm. and make it Catholic. But these were outside agitators yeah. that were they, primarily, you know. All right, but, but let me finish this. Let me finish this, though. So what I think happened, and I think that that's what Churchill was hinting at. I wish that's the first thing I want to ask him in heaven. Is, what do you what would you mean by this? I think what Churchill was hinting at was they picked up on this plot. You, how are you going to stack that many kegs of gunpowder for that minute that long and nobody finds it in the base oh we got a basement mm -hmm. come on you know you have a basement stink right and the thing that was surprising to me is how many servants and people in the employ of these catholics would would rat them out they would turn on them because in one instance well that didn't finish my part oh i'm sorry go ahead i, I just want to make the point of what mm -hmm. i think happened mm -hmm. okay okay yes i think what i think happened was that the king gave this opening they abused it. Mm -hmm. And so he goes, let's just keep, let's keep staying. Let's keep uh, postponing our parliament. Let's find out as many of these people as we can. Cecil was like, Sarah said he was brilliant. I think he was watching all of it. And I think he, he let them get as far as he could let them go. And then he arrested them. I think that's what happened. I don't th I think, that, I think. Did Cecil get accused of actually knowing the plot and orchestrating it? Well, I don't know if he was accused of it. I think that it that he knew. I think that he didn't orchestrate it. So that would have been silly. But he was he was creating a huge dragnet to yes. try to shut this down. Yes. Okay. Yes. And 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 it basically, you know, it it, it did create that ba backlash against innocent Catholics. Mm -hmm. And it even and you gotta realize now that Charles the First gets overthrown by the by the Puritans, basically. Then his son comes back, Charles II, and 
everybody's so worried about the Catholics doing again that a guy fakes a Catholic plot and innocent Catholics get killed. Yes. And it, it's all, I, it, it, it's sad that we kill each other. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that, that that's one of the things that, um, that um, Gibbon, the kind of fall says, man, look, you can take all the persecution of Christians there has ever been. And there's been more Christians killed by Christians than by anybody persecuted. Mm-hmm. And so what I really believe is going on here is that Martin Luther was on to something that the Catholic Church was corrupt. It needed to be fixed. The Catholic Church admits it. The first thing they told us at RCIA was, hey, we made some mistakes. Mm-hmm. This is where it was. And I do believe that this transition from Catholics becoming emperors and kings back to being just holy men mm-hmm. is what this was about. And it was painful. Right. I don't like the fact that you, I, I'm sorry, you're trying to say something, but you, okay, you, I'll let you go on to then. No, I was going to say, yes, there were, they were going down a, a, a bad road. There's no doubt. I sh- I sh- but, okay. <clears throat> but that's it. She's dying to say okay. it. Well, it. I mean, cause it happened so long ago. Like that's why it's just like, I like, like it, Okay, but going all the way back to Henry VIII, I think it's ridiculous to say that he was he was horny. Like that guy wanted to have sex with this new woman, and he was willing. I don't think that he was going about it in a in a uh, religiously honest way. Oh no, no, not religiously honest. No, but that he was having sex mm-hmm. with whoever. He wanted to have sex. It's good to be the king. Yeah. He was having sex with whoever he wanted. The marriage, the annulment, and so was Charles V. These guys were having sex. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's why that's why Mel Brooks makes fun of that. But but he wanted the annulments not for so he could be with his woman. He wanted the annulments so he could have a male heir. For the line. Yeah, but I, <clears throat> I think that that's still he he withdrew from Catholicism for the wrong reason still. I mean, like, I understand that she was having, like, stillborns and whatnot, but he was still obviously able to have sex. Um, he was doing it a lot. I don't think that they were getting close to her wound closing up or anything. I think that he just wanted to have sex with somebody else, and I think that him but he, that She wouldn't give him a male heir. Yeah, but the I only mean, one to get male heir died. Yeah, but at the same time, it's like, it, that's not... Like, I understand that's, that is somewhat what he cared about, but he was still wanting to have these other women and him withdrawing from Catholicism and then it resulting in um, honest Catholics being, uh, like, uh, like persecuted, whatever, for years afterwards. Like, I'm, I, I'm pissed off about that. I don't Nobody like that. had clean hands. Huh? Nobody had clean hands. I like I get that, but at the same time, I, it's I just, mean, your pope was awfully horny. No, 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 no. I I get that. That's yes, fine. Six illegitimate. But children. I'm saying that that it's still. I don't think that it was a legit reason to get away from Catholicism. And um, the legit reason would have been, even if he were wrong, the legit reason would be that a pope who was a head of a state who was being held captive by another enemy would not allow him to have an annulment that was clearly allowed under canon law. That was the reason he left. You may not like it. You may not like him, but that was a legitimate reason. Like, I think the thing is that they saw through, like it, he's not trying to get an annulment for like, again, because he recognized, like he himself thinks that this is a problem. It's because he wants to go 
um, bang this woman and she won't have sex with him because she doesn't want to be a mistress until he gets married. That's not it. He wanted that child to be legitimate. He needed a legitimate heir. James, uh, all right, so Wait, but no, no, he didn't just want. He didn't just want a legitimate heir. He wanted to have sex with all these women. Like he, he, and he, and he wanted specifically. That, this no, that's woman. not why he got. No, that's not true. He was having sex with them without that. Without that. This woman specifically said that she wasn't going to be his mistress. She had to be like she was going to be the queen, and so that's why he had to get an annulment for this specific woman. And I mean, even then. Um, he didn't have a problem with getting rid of it later on, but I mean, like for that, for what was it? It was Anne Boleyn. Um, he had to get that divorce for her because he was so horny for her. I'm just telling you, he was having sex. Uh, and I will say this: that 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 Charles II had an illegitimate son, and he would not lie and say that. That child was legitimate. They had a black box. They said that showed that he was actually a legitimate son. There was a, there was proof of the the genealogy, and he wouldn't do it because mm-hmm. because it had to be a, really a legitimate son. And because he didn't have one, it passed to his brother James, who was Catholic, <laughs> who got run off. Anne was not having sex with him. There. I understand he was having sex with people, but he wanted to have sex with Anne specifically. And the only way to do it because she wouldn't have sex with him unless he was divorced and got married to her. That's he the, had to get the, the interpretation you're having is is almost the point of silly. Why? And because he needed a legitimate heir. That's a fact. But it was specifically like again, I understand that he needed one, but he was horny for Anne. I don't know, and like there was no proof that Anne would actually give him a male heir, and she didn't do that. I mean, like, I, and, and I understand, like again, he was going for a male heir, but even after he did get a male heir, he got rid of that woman shortly after. I mean, like, and then the women later on, he wasn't trying he to could, get them. He, because only one of them gave him the male heir and she died. Yeah, but he still got married after that and would get rid of women after that. Because they kept giving him women. No, because he didn't, he didn't need a male heir at that point. He already had his male heir. That would have just been for recreation. At that point, getting he married. He was sickly. Huh? Edward was very sickly. That He was afraid he wouldn't survive him. You don't remember that? But I mean, like, for Anna. Edward, like, uh, was Edward the third? I don't I know. Like, it, it, there's just I think there are too many marriages for him. Like he, he had a he had a male heir and he was getting rid of women left and right after that. OK, I'm going to tell you that he was no better than your pope. That's okay? fine. He was no, no better I, than no, Paul. I don't, I don't care. About I, that. I, I'm going to say that, this, that you he, he was not. I would like to have had a better person to have made those decisions than Henry. But Henry was right. He was being he was that his 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 country was being controlled by a man being held captive by his arch enemy, and he didn't want it anymore. That's it. We can say that's enough reason. I don't. I I absolutely think that it. I absolutely think it was a righteous reason for the Church of England to break from the from the Romans. I'm not saying that it's even a problem with like like I'm, I'm not like I don't care about the Pope at the time. Like literally. Don't care about his behavior. Like I'm, I'm fine with uh, him being a, a bad guy. That's okay. But I think that he broke from. Like I understand that there was also an element of Catherine um, being the cousin or sister or whatever. Hold on, hold on. Did we lose you? Yeah. Sorry about that. Now I think we've lost. Um, we've lost. Uh, um. Um. Dwayne too. Yeah. Anyway, we're not going to resolve it. I knew we weren't going to agree on this. I just, I, I personally. I personally don't see any problem with what he did, even though he was a bad person. All right. I think that all rulers, including whether they were religious or secular, 
were living very indulgent, decadent lifestyles for the most part. Um, and in fact, I would even say that there were probably dissatisfied Catholics who were holy and not did not indulge in that, probably had a problem with it as well, but not so much that we are going to dissociate from the church. I think that the, the Reformation, of course, exposed a lot of that. And, and the Renaissance popes is really who they were. The Renaissance popes were a terrible example for the people. And so then you had the Catholic answer was the Counter-Reformation. And out of that came the Council of Trent. Also, they provided for the instruction and the education of the clergy so that they would be trained in a more devout and holy life. And, and like you said, it became that you were no longer a uh, like a head of a secular state as well as a religious state. It just became it. It, it went back to what it was supposed to be. Right. Well, I, I would say I would just say from like, OK, if I was a Catholic, an actual devout Catholic, like these plotters were back in the time. I'd be pissed off at Henry VIII because I do understand, like, I understand the political aspect, absolutely. But at the same time, it didn't just turn into, um, we're not Catholic anymore. It was literally the destruction of Catholicism in that country to where, it, like, even just the normal Catholics couldn't practice their faith. It, it needed to be destroyed. But it, Let me, let me okay. it sure. needed to be destroyed. St. Barth, Barth, Bartholomew is the perfect example of why the Catholic Church had gotten out of control and was not run by by good people. And they murdered and killed, and it had to stop. And I believe that the people in England were afraid that that's what this Catholic people were going to do, was going to St. Bartholomew them. I really, truly believe the Catholic Church admits their faults now, but that's what led to, to, to King James doing what he did. I think he was justified in being deathly afraid of the, of the Catholic. I mean, like, but, 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 okay, how can you, like, what was kind of funny to me was um, they are clearly oppressing these, like, all these Catholics. They're literally killing Catholic priests just because a family keeps them in their home. Um, there's not but, much, but, there's okay, not much of that. And you're going to, and you're going to, uh, I mean, like they went after the Jesuits, like what um, mom was talking about. Like they went after those guys and, um, the, uh, after like, I guess it was like that they were technically plotters, but I mean, still yeah. like, those Catholic mm -hmm. priests, but anyway, they, and like, they're making a ton of money every year from, um, the fines that they're imposing on people. And it's like you're oppressing them and you're surprised that they're going to try to overthrow you. And these plotters weren't even trying. They weren't even upset with James. It was literally just like, give us our religious freedom back. We just want to practice our faith. And it's like, are you really going to be surprised? I don't think that's what happened, though. Huh. I think I think we that's where we just completely differ. I think that the Jesuits were stirring up trouble. I think they were a bunch of Ray Epps. And I think that Spain was sending them over. Creating all these problems, and then the the innocents right. become the scapegoats, right. and they're the ones that pay bear bear the brunt of the conflict. I mean, I mean, I, but I, I, also, so it was the same with the Puritans. It was the same with the Jews. The Jews, you know, would go and set up settlements, uh, you know, or, or or set up communities, and then they would be oppressed. You know, think about it. Who was involved in the that Essex? 
rebellion. It was the same guys that were involved in this one. And these guys were just devout Catholics. And again, they made it like it, it was clear that they had nothing, no problem with James. They were totally fine with him being in control. But it was not until he continued oppressing the Catholics that they were like, we can't we can't practice our faith. We got to do something about this. I will give her the last word. So so what do you think about all of it, Glenn? Just uh, you are spot paint. Do you have something else to say? Wait, wait, wait. Charlie, no, 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 okay, no. yeah, you can spot paint, man. I think that the way I see this whole plot is because, well, I did not know when I started looking into this that you had to be Catholic to be in, well, you're not Catholic, I'm sorry, Protestant. But they had passed a law saying you must be Protestant, you must worship, and they were taking attendance at church. Um if you were Catholic and rich, you could pay fines to keep your faith. But most people couldn't. If you're a peasant, okay, I'll be Protestant. Uh, that, to me, is the crux of the matter. This um, lack of religious freedom. Now, I know they didn't necessarily have it for that. But this, I feel, kind of, because it was a new type of uh, look at Christianity, Protestantism, other Reformation that the absolute power part was on the Catholic Church. So their absolute power had been usurped, but their decadence was still there. And that's kind of what happens with power in general. You start to think you're better and you can, you're above whatever everybody else has to do. And uh, that's where I think most of this pushback, right or wrong, came back to it. And these conspirators were simply kind of you might call them Catholic terrorists. Um, yes. you know we absolutely were you know if you look at if you look at uh, what they did but they didn't accomplish it it came close could have happened and it would have been you know Pearl Harbor 9-11 everything rolled into one for the English people for sure yep. so it's not it's not hard to think you could lionize these guys afterwards um but i don't know you know to me it's just so crazy that they tried it and got so close um mainly because they were part of what would be called the establishment you know that's how they appeared it appeared to be you know high-end upper you know upper crust englishmen and so you know you wouldn't suspect this out of these people because they had so much to lose but they felt they had more to lose by not serving their church. Yeah. Well, you and you make good points. And I, I have to remind you that all of you, that everybody that's listening, you know, we're following the Spanish Inquisition um, where that what James was doing was minor. And if you weren't Catholic, you were getting you were getting either exiled or killed and put down in prisons with no trial. Um, the Inquisition was horrible. And and there was a Hegelian swing here. I have no doubt about that. And I don't I don't think that recusancy laws are a good idea. Recuse means you get you have to pay a fine if you don't go to church because they were keeping roll. But I want I want to tell you this: at least Churchill says they weren't really enforced very often. That what happens yeah. what sounds like happened was that there was this detente and they and they and the Catholics abused it and he had to put them back in force because they were coming back coming in. And creating problems like this one, and I think they knew absolutely this was happening, Glenn. I really do. I think I think that it was 
just like J6. They they knew it was coming. They had agitators that they knew about, and they were letting it happen. And they they were clean. They used it as. You don't think they planned it to happen? I don't think they. I don't think. Yeah, I don't think they planned it like like J6. That's the difference. Is that we think that the that they the, the guys that they planted. I don't think that the English planted people under the Catholic ranks to cause it. That's the difference between J6 and now. I mean, back then. But I I really do believe that 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 the interesting thing is is that the Catholic Church did reform itself after this, after it, after it no longer had the papal states, no longer was a you run by 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 world leaders. They were back to being holy men, and I think that the Episcopal Church has gone the wrong direction. So so I do believe that the that we've now see the pendulum for the Catholic Church right in the middle where it belongs. I, 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 I absolutely believe that. But I believe they were so far out of line at that time that that world leaders were having trouble understanding what to do. Corrupt the church was just so corrupt at the time. And and again, I don't think that Henry VIII was a good man. He was a bad man, but he was there at the time and he was willing to stand up to the church and Martin Luther was willing at the same time to stand he's, up to the church. He was willing to stand up to the church because he was horny. You know what? The fact of the matter is they were taking a political, the church was taking a political position against England, period. You can say whatever. I think it was to, so he could get a, I think those were, he wouldn't give him that annulment. It was not because the, he could have easily done it. It fit canon law. He was doing it politically. That was a political decision. So you made a political decision. We'll split from you. And now, am I happy that it happened? I don't like that anybody's been killed over this stuff. But I will say this, that that um, that I understand and really I, I relate better to James the first than any of them. Now he was a little bit, a little bit light in the loafers, but um, I think that he, he tried to do the right thing. He, I do. I think he did. And he tried in the, and, and I think now don't, don't forget he was getting pressure from the Scots to, to stop the recusancy laws too. They didn't like it any more than he did. And they ended up killing his son. So it was still swinging. That 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 this is this you're, you're, what we're doing is we're taking a snapshot of this move from Middle Ages to a, an age of enlightenment, and and this what you're seeing is with that pendulum swinging back and forth. People die. It's sad, but I th- I, I think that I think that, that King James the first did the best he could with what he had. That's what I think. Okay, I um and I just wanted to like again clarify this. I am not in support of. Like, I, I would not have been in support of the plot to, like, blow up Portland. But I can just say that I understand why those men were so frustrated to the point of wanting to do that. Um, and I think that it was legitimately because they just wanted to practice their faith. Um, and that's, like, despite, again, like, I understand, like, there was a whole political and whatever else was going on with Henry VIII. Like, there was a lot of stuff going on with Pope being bad. Henry VIII being bad, but that still doesn't change the fact that these people weren't able to practice their faith. And I understand at some point, it'd been a, a long time at that point, and they had just seen a light with uh, the with James that had been taken away. And I understand why that they, they would go that um, extreme. And I don't think it was any for any other reason except for we just want to practice Catholicism. Do you have anything you want to add? Don't have anything else. Glenn? No, I'm good. Let me ask you this. If they would have had PJ's coffee in 1605, would, it, would, would the world have turned out differently? You know, Jay, 
it might have turned out differently or it might have been the same because if these uh, conspirators had the PJ's coffee, they would have had more clarity. <laughs> they would have understood how crazy what they were trying to do was, and they might have taken alternative means to influence the uh, laws that they were so upset about and not had gone into just horror, terrible, you know, torture and everything that they did in cover. In fact, get it in hot. That was there too. It was there. In fact, you know, if all the guys, Cecil, Gatsby, if they said, hey, Coke, Coke, we're going to all just meet at the PJs at Houghton around a table (laughs) and we're going to get this thing figured out over a cup of delicious PJs coffee. They would have said, oh, it's not so bad. And I want to say this one last thing. I want to say this one last thing. I appreciate and thank you, Sarah, for this. I knew we were going to disagree. I had fun disagreeing. Yes. I knew we weren't going to solve it. I didn't expect to. And but I think you defended your position extremely well. I, I don't know that I did mine, but um, I absolutely love this story. and I love this part of history to see this transition into uh, to the United States becoming necessary because they couldn't resolve it in Europe. We came over here and said, okay, we'll do it this way. And Catholics can practice here. Episcopalians can practice here. and Muslims can yes. practice here. And so it's, it's just a wonderful a story that I don't know that there was any good solution to it. Nobody was going to be happy with it until they just said, let's start over. <laughs> we'll do the reset. Thank you, Glenn. Thank you, Sarah. Uh, thank you, Charlotte, for spending your Saturday doing this. And appreciate our listeners like to hear back from you. Good day. We'll be back Monday with, with, uh, what are we talking about Monday? We're talking about, um, oh, you're asking hard questions. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we're talking uh, about the, 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 the uh, impeachment of justice chase. Yes. Don't miss that one. Yes, we are. Do not miss it. That's a good one. All right. Bye-bye. <laughs>